Hello, everyone, and welcome to Job Board Geek. It's the podcast about the business of connecting candidates with employers. I'm Jeff Dickey Chasens. I'm the Job Board Doctor, and I am your host. And today, I do not have my usual co-host with me, Stephen Rothberg. He's off doing actual work for his business, College Recruiter. I toyed with the idea of playing out our witty repartee that we do at the beginning where we chat about something. And I thought, boy, that'd be fun to play Stephen, and then I could play myself and back and forth. But then I decided that I'm too old to try to do something like that. So you'll just have to imagine that it happened. The purpose of today's podcast is to talk about the most common mistakes that job boards make. I've been working with job boards as a consultant for over 13 years. I've been in the industry since 97. I've worked with literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of job boards on almost every continent. And one of the things that I noticed after the first three or four years is I saw a certain amount of continuity in the types of mistakes that established job boards tended to make. Now, no one out there makes all of these mistakes, or at least they don't make them all at the same time. Maybe it takes them several years to get to that point. But these are very common mistakes. And I thought, well, let's talk about this and talk about why I consider them to be mistakes. And hopefully, if there's anything in here that sounds familiar, you can avoid it. And you can avoid being one of those job boards that calls me up saying, Jeff, Jeff, help. Now, this also applies to startup job boards, but um, it's probably more in the line of just don't ever do these things or try to avoid these particular situations. So without further ado, let me go ahead and get started. So the first mistake that I find to be very typical, um, although it's changing a little bit over the last several years, is that a job board thinks my business is selling job posting. No, that's not the case. Your business is that you sell employers the chance to connect with candidates. You're basically that connection tissue between candidates and employers who need those candidates to fill their positions. If you think that your business is just simply selling job postings, in my opinion, I think you have a tendency to blind yourself to other services and products. You know, For example, you could sell access into the audience via branded webinars. You could sell uh, targeted emails into your candidate office. You can do employer brand branding operations, you can do something like the Muse, where they have a lot of interviews with employees at different uh, workplaces that candidate can go listen to and say, hey, I might want to work there or I might not. You can also look at it from the other side of the fence and say, what can I do with the candidates to be able to find and connect to the right employer? Because the better that you do that job, the more likely it is that you're going to have more candidates and more satisfied candidates giving you referrals and passing on your site and more happy employers. So please avoid thinking that what your business is as a job board is simply just selling job postings because that's really not the case. You need to step back a little bit. The second type of common mistake that I see job boards make and all of my clients out there are going to laugh when they hear me say this, is that you don't increase your prices on a regular basis. Or you do increase your prices, but it's driven by some obscure random desire to do it every six years or three years or you know 18 months or whatever it might be. Now, there's a very good reason why you need to increase your prices on a regular basis, and I usually suggest every 12 months. First of all, if you increase your prices every 12 months, 
you don't have to increase them very much. It's a lot easier to make a 1% increase in price across the board once a year than it is to wait four or five years and suddenly have to make a 7 or 8% increase in prices. Everyone out there, all those employers, they're also in business. They understand that costs go up. And particularly now with inflation, that's even more the case than, than it was you know, for the last several years. No one's going to balk at a 1% or half percent or 2% increase in pricing. They very well may balk at a 10% increase in pricing. Do it on a regular basis. Do it in small increments. You're going to be a lot happier. And then second of all, and this is where my clients will laugh, you're probably not charging enough. I know that sounds crazy, but put yourself in perspective. Look at who you're competing with. These employers are desperate for candidates. They're always desperate for candidates. Even before our current labor environment, they were desperate for candidates long before COVID. They want good candidates. Regardless of what they will say, if you can provide that on a regular basis and on a reliable basis, then they're willing to pay probably a lot more than you're charging them. There's a reason why a LinkedIn seat can run in the tens of thousands of dollars. So think about that. Don't sell yourself short. And if you do end up working with me, I can almost guarantee you that'll be the first thing I tell you to do is increase your price and do it on a regular basis. Next, Job boards have a tendency to get focused almost entirely on employers, and they fail to put the candidate first. Now, this is a focus issue. This is very similar to the very first thing I said, where you sort of focused on, well, all I do is sell job postings. No, that's not what you are. That's not what you do. In the case of the candidate focus, you have to remind yourself that the only reason that any employer is willing to talk to you, give you money, or continue to give you money is the fact that you have candidates and you have those candidates coming to your site and engaging with the employers that are on the site. This is very, very important. If you don't have the candidates, you don't have any business. And I think that the job boards that I've seen that have had the most long-term success, that have had the best margins and have had the best renewal rates on their employers are the ones that focus first and foremost on candidates. So I would really encourage you to take that particular statement, put the candidate first, write it on a piece of paper and stick it on your monitor next to all the other things that you have, but make the letters bigger so it stands out. Okay, next, you as a job board operator or owner lack a defined process for renewing and retaining your employers. Now, notice that I said a defined process. Of course, anyone that survives in the job board and recruiting site business is going to have something that they're doing to get uh, employers to renew. That's fine. But I think that what you really need to do is be very focused on what the process is so that you can replicate it regardless of who is doing the sales and who is doing the renewals. And you can replicate it year end and year out. It adds a level of predictability to your revenue stream. As much predictability as you can put in that process, uh, it's going to make your life a lot easier. In general, I found that when you do an analysis of renewing and retaining your employers, and you sort of spell that out for the salespeople or the customer service people, whoever's responsible for it, and you ask them to follow that process, then your renewal rates are going to go up. Because a key part of that process is staying in touch with the employer, asking them questions, and having performance metrics that you are checking to make sure that you're meeting for the employer. Which brings me to the next mistake that many job boards make. You don't monitor key engagement and performance metrics. 
what what am I talking about here? Well, you know, at a very basic level, I'm talking about time on site. You know, a good a good amount of time on site for a job board, a niche job board, is going to be three to five minutes per session. You need to monitor the bounce rate. Anytime you get a bounce rate that's going over 40%, that's too high. That tells you something about the traffic that's coming to the site. It tells you something about the behavior of what the candidate's doing when they get to the site. You want to look at the views per job, the applications per job and the applications that are actually completed as much as you can. These are all very important. For example, a general rule of thumb that I have for my clients as a niche site is that you need to have 7 to 15 applications per job on average if you're going to be competitive with the larger sites and your niche competitors as well. It's just a basic level of response. Now, the better you can make the quality of the response, the better, the happier the employers will be. But these are the kinds of metrics that you should write down and review on a regular basis. And you should continue to be open-minded about changing the metrics that you watch as well. I mean, you know, some are going to be evergreen, you know, like applications per job or views per job. But, you know, over time, you may find that there's certain things that are useful, like what's the typical path of the majority of job seekers through the site? Do they come in on a specific job from a specific referral or do they tend to come in on the homepage or or if they're coming in through an app or a mobile device? Is that different than a desktop uh, response? And as they go through their five or six minutes on the site, where are they going? And how often are they going to resource pages, for example, or other types of content pages? All of this information is important. Yes, sometimes it can be kind of a pain to keep on top of this, but it's a pain that prevents much more unpleasant pain later on. The next problem that I see that's pretty typical, and this is sort of a counter check to the metrics that you watch of what candidates are doing on the site, is that you need to actually, you need to survey your employers or and candidates on a regular basis. Why? Because if you don't ask them questions, you're going to get an unpleasant surprise at some point. You know, one of the things that you would typically want to ask employers is, are you happy with the results that you get? How would you improve the site? But you also want to ask them, where's the best place for you to find candidates? I'm totally happy if you tell me that it's Indeed. I just want to know because if 98% of my employers say they're happier with Indeed than they are with my site, that's a problem. I need to know that. The same thing on the candidate side. In addition to being able to get demographic information that maybe you wouldn't be able to obtain otherwise, it's important for you to have a clear picture of where the candidates put your site in terms of their job searching hierarchy. I did a survey, I guess it's been a while now, about eight or nine years ago, over a thousand job seekers across three countries. And one of the things that became really obvious is that depending on what country it was, the relative levels of focus in terms of the media they looked at for jobs really varied quite a bit. And you don't want to be surprised. You may have anecdotal information about where job seekers are going, but it's not going to line up exactly with what a survey will tell you about what your specific job seekers are doing and where else they're going and why they're using it. And what do they like about your approach to mobile access versus your approach to desktop access? And what features do they get on other sites that they wish you had on your site, so forth and so on. So that's an important thing to do. 
The next very common mistake is that if you've been out there for a while, you've made it through the first tough years, you've had a modicum of success, maybe you quit investing in your job board's technical structure. Well, that's not a good idea. Software gets outdated. Needs change both on the employer side and the candidate side. And even though it's a real pain, it's worth taking a look at least every 12 to 18 months at your platform, at your technical offering, and make sure it's still what you want to be offering. And if it's not, put money into into improving it. Believe me, if you don't change your structure, someone else will, and they may very well take your audience away from you. The next mistake that I see that is pretty common just because humans get bored is that you don't continuously find new candidates and new employer prospects. So you have, as a job board, you essentially have two audiences. You have candidates and you have employers. On an average year for an average job board, you may lose as much as 25% from both sides of those audiences just through attrition. Given what happened in COVID, a lot of us had the unfortunate experience of losing a lot more than that on the candidate and employer side in a very short period of time. But let's say that a, a less unusual market, you're going to be losing maybe 25%. You need to replace that just to stay even. And uh, you need to add more than that to grow. It's simple math. It's not necessarily something that is always top of mind. What I've found is that in in a lot of sites, what's top of mind is selling, right? That's bringing in the revenue. So maybe you do a pretty good job of keeping the pipeline for your employer prospects up, but maybe you kind of fall down on the SEO side from the candidates. Maybe you're not running any campaigns to bring in more candidates. Maybe you're relying on the feeds from aggregators to keep pumping up your your traffic. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can appear to be growing your candidate audience, but in fact are not. So be honest with yourself and make yourself goals on both sides and stick to the goals. Next, a typical mistake is that you focus on how many products that you've sold. Instead, what you should be focusing on is what is the average annual employer revenue that you've generated. Now, why am I drawing this distinction? Because ultimately, the job boards that I've worked with that have had the most success stay focused on increasing their share of each and every employer's recruiting spend with that particular job board. In other words, you go deeper. Let's say the employer typically is spending $10,000 a year on recruiting and you're only getting $400 of that spent, even though they're 100% inside your niche or your or your geographic focus. Well, that's not good performance. That's not a good sign. You, w- you might not notice that if you just simply focus on the number of products that are being sold, because some clients can come in and buy a whole lot of postings, or they can buy a whole lot of feature job upgrades and sort of cover up the fact that the other 70% of the employers are buying less than they were the year before on average. So focus on the annual employer revenue, and I think you're going to be a lot happier in the long run, and, you, and you're and you getting a much truer picture of what your sales effort is producing. And finally, and this is real, really just um, one of those things that I think underlies every type of business that I've been in. I, you know, I've been in the software industry. I've been in publishing. I've been in, you know, I've been in online learning, and obviously, I've been in job boards for a long time. This last problem is has been true across all those all those markets. You make the mistake of reacting 
instead of acting. When you do something, it's not because you're doing it on purpose and in a planned way and deriving your action from data. You're doing it because something happened to you. Let's say, you know, a good example that would be COVID, right? Well, that that's sort of an act of God in some ways. But for example, any of these things that I mentioned above, like you haven't been raising your prices and suddenly you realize, oh my God, all my prices are roughly 40% of my competitors and I'm losing market share because no one thinks that we're any good. So you decide to yank up your prices. That's reaction. Acting is making a conscious decision to raise your prices for both strategic reasons and business reasons. I think that continuous and iterative improvement is harder than simply waiting for things to happen to you. But the problem with reacting is that, one, you may end up doing it too late for it to have the impact that you hoped it would have. And two, you may be reacting to the wrong thing. You may be focusing on something that's very splashy and scary. Let's say, for example, Google deciding to enter the ATS market and that freaks you out and you're thinking, oh man, maybe we should add an ATS. Well, in reality, if you've been doing your analysis of your employer base and you've been looking at the kinds of connection products that you want to sell to them, in terms of leveraging your candidate audience, you may say ATS doesn't really make any sense. It's way out of our focus. We instead should be focusing on introducing assessment tools and getting 70%, at least 70% of our candidate base assessed and charging a premium for access to that audience. I always think that acting based on data is better than reacting based on whatever happened to you that morning when you woke up. Sometimes I feel like Elon Musk is sort of the the classic example of someone that's a reactive personality. And, but the, I think that one of the reasons he's been successful is that when he finally does act, he sets a big goal and then he gets out of it. And he actually brings in people that can achieve those goals. I think if he was the person that was in charge of actually making Tesla work or SpaceX work, he might not be as successful as he is now. Just one man's opinion. So anyway, those those are some of the things that I think are common mistakes that job boards tend to make. Like I said, it's certainly not the case that job that a, a, any given job board will make all of these mistakes, but I'm pretty sure that almost any given job board has made at least one of these mistakes. Think about it, take a look at what you're doing and think about if if there are ways that you can actually avoid doing some of these things on on the other hand if there are ways that you can put things in in place like an annual increase in price that will prevent you from having problems further on so that's it for this issue of Job Board Geek, the podcast about connecting candidates and employers. Be sure to subscribe via Apple, Spotify, or whatever floats your boat, excuse me. My name is Jeff Dickey Chasens. I'm the Job Board Doctor, and that's it for today. We'll see you again next time.